Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. Um, hi everyone, thanks for uh, joining us. This is really exciting. Um, hope everyone's doing well and staying safe. These are very interesting times. So it's, um, you know, moments like these where we can hop on and see each other and catch up. I think these are really nice. So um, for the conversation that we're having with Ryan and Chafali, um, just for the sake of background noise and things, we'll have everybody muted. Yeah, and I'm doing that. So. And then um, there is a chat uh, functionality in Zoom where you can type questions in if you have them, or we'll we'll have an opportunity at the end where um, you can hop on and unmute yourself and um, ask questions. <clears throat> also, you'll notice in the top corner, this is being recorded. So um, if you want to go back through it, we'll post it on the YouTube, um, YouTube channel, which is the Reitzel Brothers, if you're not on there yet. Yeah, shout out real quick too. We um, I posted Adrian's interview that we did with him. I think that was about two weeks ago. So that one's on YouTube. Um, have about 50 mil in real estate. So that video was really insightful. Um, Alex and Kaylee, which we did last week. Um, that one I believe we scheduled for next week. So then I'd imagine this interview would probably get it up in a week or two. So yeah, if people obviously aren't here, they can watch the interview. But um, if you're here and then want to, you know, reference it. We're going to post it. Cool. Okay, so we'll roll into it. Um, Ryan and Shafali, thanks for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. I know we've, uh, we've had you out for meetups before, and I know a lot of people in this room, uh, like Kush and Tom, and um, a few other people already know you. But for anybody in this room who maybe doesn't know you, um, just give us a quick backstory um, just about yourselves and what you're up to. Sure. Yeah. So we're uh, Waterloo based. Uh, we've been here oh, a number of years anyway. And uh, our journey really started a little over two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, we had recreationally invested prior, um, like a lot of investors did, I guess, started in pre-construction, uh, condos in particular. And um, just because easy way to get in, no down payment. Uh, but we decided that when after we got married Chifali moved in her place became a rental we're like this passive income thing this is pretty cool so we uh we thought well let's let's take a look let's go to the, the broker um you know we refinanced my property her property used the equity to catapult and so things began um then we uh we took some education uh at the time with uh with legacy um unfortunately they're uh they're going through some tough times right now um so that, that curriculum is not really what it used to be but at the time it was immensely valuable and um rec quickly recognized the errors of our ways with the condos found out that you know there's so many options outside of the banks right non-traditional financing joint venture partnerships and just learned learn the ways of the of the craft right and uh you know, 
information is one thing, of course, right? I mean, if it was just information, I've, I always like to say, you know, we, we'd all have uh, six pack abs and be billionaires, right? But uh, <laughs> you've got to, uh, and clearly not the case. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so the rubber has to meet the road too. So we, uh, we just took the dive, right? We, we started uh, getting outside our comfort zone and yeah, we took a few lumps, but, um, you know, uh, that knowledge has, has, uh, we've never made the same mistake twice. Uh, we've always learned and it, it's allowed us to continue to kind of propel forward. So, I mean, now by the end of June, I guess we'll, uh, we'll be over doubling our portfolio. We've got, uh, 17 doors coming. Wow. Um, in the, in the next couple of months. Thank you. Um, so we'll be what at, uh, I, I'd stop counting 30, 32 doors. Um, and probably four ish million dollars in real estate Yeah, in a little over two years. That's awesome. In, in multiple provinces, right? Yeah. yeah. So predominantly tri cities, obviously being our backyards. Um, that's, that was where we started, we started. And, and where we continue to be very bullish on. Right. I mean, with us becoming a bedroom community for the GTA and all the transit plans with hopefully a direct high speed go link at some point, we think that's all going to blow up. Um, so the duplex conversions and, and force appreciating more locally here, uh, looking into some flips right now too. So, uh, we, we, uh, want to start recycling some capital and, and flipping it over and then uh, out in the Maritimes as well. So for uh, multi-unit residential, so different plays, uh, obviously better appreciation here, better opportunity to refi after the, uh, after the duplex and pull the capital out. Um, and then just sheer, you know, acquisition cost and cost per door out in the Maritimes, the cash flow is just ridiculous. Yeah. So how many units are you guys at? Uh, out east now? Uh, uh, 15 and uh, 20. Wow. Wow. 20 That's 20 awesome. In, uh, in New Brunswick now. So the recent purchases, where are those? In New Brunswick. Oh, uh, well, we've got one here. <clears throat> um, yeah. We have two, in, two here. So. so we have a duplex conversion that we had already done. Uh, with another joint venture partner and unfortunately uh, life threw him a curveball and yep. uh, he's got to go through a divorce and you know had structured things as such that they were you know they were both on title they were both in the business together but he found uh, another joint venture partner to uh, replace the capital with and we uh, we structured a sweetheart of a private deal with uh, um, with the joint venture partner because um, with the, with the exiting joint venture partner, I should say, just because, you know, he recognized the, 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 the sweat equity and, and what we had contributed to the property too. So, yeah, cool. So I guess, um, how are you guys handling your portfolio and, and also handling your mindset amidst everything that's going on with COVID-19? I know that's, yeah, that's pretty much everything that anybody is talking about right now is, you know, the effects on the real estate market, the effects on, you know, investors portfolio. Um, I guess, I guess talk about that for you guys. Have you guys experienced any effects in your portfolio or your tenants not paying? Um, you know, just talk about, you know, kind of going into COVID-19 and what you guys are experiencing. If anything. So there is lot, there is still lots in the market, 
uh, we are experiencing that it is a good time to buy if you're thinking of buying and holding something for a couple of years. So we, as you know, that we have now 15 units under contract and we, we made money in the buy, uh, was under market value. Um, the seller just wants to sell it, hired landlord, and we, we took a dive and it's uh, fully tenanted. So we were talking to our property manager out east and he said, people are still renting, even though it's a time of crisis, people still need a place to live. Yeah. So um, we don't, we are, it's so, we're not really experiencing much. We didn't experience anything that uh, bad with collecting rents in the month, in the month, for the month of April. Mm-hmm because people were still working for half of the March and started getting off from the work by mid of March. So uh, we, people are still, some of the tenants are still paying their rents in installments, which is obviously um, understandable. So we're giving them time. So at the, for, for month of April, we, we did collect hundred percent of our rent. Cool. So we didn't experience much problem with the rents. Um, and, uh, and I said, it's a good time to buy properties because you can buy it for under market value. If, if I, we think that if someone wants to refinance it, maybe it's not a good time to refinance, hold on to it. Or we were actually also asked, talking to some of our partners about flips flip projects so for in that case as well uh, we would say that be careful because What's that? for the flip projects sorry i'm gonna mute probably talking no, this is just so for the flip projects also uh be careful for any conversion projects which needs a permit from the city also be careful that uh if because the city of offices are not open, so yeah. that not, can not issuing permits, not anyway. issuing permits, new new okay. new constructions and all. So that can delay your project. So I mean, you have you have to be careful on what you wanted to do. Right. But if it's a long term hold, then go for it. It is the best time to buy something for that. Yeah, we we've been really fortunate, as Shafali said, and I think. Um, in the instances where we had people that knew that they weren't at least going to be able to pay the full amount, we found that being, I mean, we get it, right? It, it's affecting all of us one way or another. So to take the more understanding approach, right? Don't, don't be the dick landlord. Um, you know, we did the research, we had the links for CERB, for, for EI, for all the quick applications. And we just said, Hey, you know, we get it. We're here to work with you. Here's the links. Um, let us know if you have questions. We understand. We'll we'll work something out with you as long as you're transparent with us as to when funds are coming. Uh, we do typically ask them for a record of employment if they have been laid off, just just as proof, right, to make yeah. sure that we're just uh, yeah flying in under the radar. Yeah. Um, but that collaborative approach has really made people uh, soften, right, and and want to sort of uh, make sure they keep up with their rent. We find anyway. 
So we, we basically compiled an, uh, an email which has all the links for our tenants that from where they can get help, like EI, how yeah. they can apply for EI, for mm -hmm. ERB, who qualifies for it, how can you do that, and how can we help them, and if they need any help. So we compile an email, and we, we did send that email in, uh, I think, the last week of March, just so that they start getting themselves prepared for, yeah. for, for the rent that was coming on first. So, um, um, in, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, we, uh, we did that and obviously calling our tenants, we did that for our, for our properties that we are managing ourselves, yeah. but we're also going back and forth with our property managers as well. That is everything okay. Just keep calling or texting or emailing the tenants so that engage them so that what's happening, what's going on. And yes, all the tenants who, who asked us to, that can we pay our rents, half of the rent now, or we did ask them that they need to give us a proof that they're of unemployment or less hours or stuff like that. that is yeah, yeah, no, it's, and, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing reoccurring themes in the past interviews that we've done too with, you know, top investors in our club, you know, sending the resources to their tenants to give them, you know, the official places to go and get information, you know, you know, that's, you know, so that they're fully informed um, and collaborating with tenants and being open and transparent and having that communication. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really, I really, really like that. And, and I found that the, you know, the landlords that have been doing that have been having so much more success because it's open, it's open dialogue, right. You yeah. know, this is, this is uncharted territory for all of us. So a question with, because um, I know you guys partner with other investors and you guys are going in on other purchases with other investors. What's the, uh, you know, what's the dialogue like now, now that things have changed when communicating with that investor now, right? Because obviously, you know, a potential JV might, I mean, they're obviously reading the news and more than likely, you know, they're talking to people, they're hearing about things. How are you structuring that conversation? And and kind of controlling that part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it, it's an opportune time, right? In terms of real estate, you know, if, if you know what you're looking for, right? I mean, you look at the markets, and I mean, don't get me wrong, as someone that's educated, you know, in, in markets and stocks, I guess, can potentially look to make some money right now, but it's, it is quite volatile, right? I mean, we know, especially with our strategy, I mean, we, we tend to hold mid to long term, you know, there's plenty of time, like we are definitely on, on the downward trend, right? We may, you know, we're not, not necessarily at rock bottom. So could there be a little more money to be made? Sure. Um, but you know, as long as we're sort of in that valley there somewhere, you know, we know that real estate is a tried tested vehicle, uh, for investing. Uh, there are, you know, like these properties that we just secured as Shafali mentioned, um, the quintessential tired landlord, right? And and now more than more than ever, I guess you have some of those people that that are panicking. Um, but if you're if you're educated, it's a great time, right? And I think we're going to see more of that. And and we definitely have our radar on for more of that. Is people mm -hmm. that um, you know they had been thinking about getting out prior, um, and now maybe they 
you know, given the, the way life may have gone for them and, and, and the curveball that's been thrown to them, maybe they want to get out. Maybe they might even be able to hold a, a vendor take back, right, or seller financing. Yeah. Uh, so we've definitely got the radar on for that. We think there's going to be a lot of opportunities in, yeah. in that area. Um, and we really want to start uh, growing the, the multi-unit side of the business. Cool. So the uh, 11 units that we secured in New Brunswick, we actually made $95,000 in the buy. So it was very easy uh, to pitch that deal to our joint venture partners. Yeah. Because it's, it numbers speak. So even though it's COVID or non-COVID time, numbers still speak. Yeah. So, um, and it was fully tenanted. So there's no problem on getting tenants in if the units are vacant. Um, the, so it wasn't difficult to, to, uh, to pitch any deal to any of our joint venture partners. Yeah, cool. No, that's awesome because it's, you know, it's one thing with investors that, you know, they started off with say, you know, equity in their home or a bunch of savings and they're going out investing on their own. Um, and like, that's a whole different philosophy because you're pretty much just communicating with yourself <laughs> and, or, and, or your wife or your husband. But when you're you know, bringing in other investors into play, it's, you know, there's definitely a way different dialogue and a conversation about, you know, what's going on in the market and making sure that, you know, they understand everything that's going on. And yeah. And if the deal, I mean, if the numbers make sense, you know, COVID or not COVID, like you said, right. It's, it's, you know, and it's, it all depends on the strategy, right? I mean, I don't know if I would be particularly interested in doing a lot of flips right now, right? Because the, you know, the mark, who knows where the market's going to go, the, the after repair value is really hit and miss right now, I would imagine. I mean, you guys might be able to comment a little more on that. Um, but, you know, the mid to long-term hold stuff, you know, we feel very confident in because time's on your side, right? And worst case scenario, even if the market isn't appreciating aggressively, you're still getting principal pay down, you're still getting monthly cash flow, right? So it's, it's, it's a win-win anyways. Yeah, and too, you know, something... I mean, you guys have definitely had the benefit of uh, investing. I mean, I guess the benefit for you guys have been investing out of province is, you know, definitely like utilizing more technology because because you're not as close too, right? Because that's what a lot of investors are having to embrace now is doing virtual showings and doing offers conditional upon seeing the house because obviously with COVID, everybody's trying to limit the amount of times they go out and look at home. So I can imagine you guys investing out of province you guys are already pretty thorough with that because you kind of were forced to when buying the properties um in new brunswick right yeah yeah, yeah. which i just thought that was a point that hit my head that i i thought i might as well share um yeah and um Gio, kurt if i could hop yeah, in for a sec please, please i'm sure um someone else is probably thinking of this question too shafali you mentioned making uh, 95k on the purchase can you elaborate on that is that you, you just bought it for 95 less than what it's worth or was it something else? Yeah, less than what okay. it is worth right now because it, it was an off-market uh, opportunity. Um, it wasn't on MLS. And if it would, it would have gone on MLS, that would have been the Based yeah. Based on you know the, the rents that were coming in, the rent roll and then the, the market cap rate, um, yeah, we were, we were well under, uh, under the value. So off, off market, how did that one, like, how did you guys find that then? Was that, you know, like through 
through your product manager or through your agent out there? How did you guys stumble across that one? That, that one was brought to us uh, by our agent. Um, but we have, you know, it's just time, right? Time in the field, time networking. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've managed to make a pretty good relationship with this landlord now that's, that's unloading some of these properties to us. And, yeah. uh, he wants to divest of a lot of assets. So we, uh, we just made it be known that we are more than happy to, uh, to help him wherever we, wherever we can. So, um, you know, it's just making the most of every conversation you have, quite frankly. Right. And yeah. just, um, because a quiet investor is a broke investor. Right. Yeah. So yeah. We'll put it out there, be excited about it. I mean, it's, it's easy to be excited about it when you are passionate about it, of course, but yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah we, we, um, we have a really, really good, strong team out there and we keep them engaged at, as well in, in conversation, asking questions about different properties coming in the market. So they know that we are very keen to buy something. So mm-hmm. Then our when our realtor had this opportunity and he called us right away. Yeah, you know, and I think part of that is just you you eventually make a name for yourself, right? You know, it's one thing to pester and pester and pester someone and say, "Hey, send us deals, send us deals," but if you don't act, yeah, they're they're gonna stop, right? Yeah. So you know you come to be known as someone that, okay, if, if they're going to, if I'm going to present a strong deal to them with some decent numbers, the chances are going to be good that uh, I'll be making some commission. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's, and it's uh, especially too with, with off market deals. And if an agent's bringing you an off market deal they're you know, they're definitely kind of putting their, you know, they're putting their neck out on the line in a way, right. Because they're, you know, doing that extra effort and putting their, you know, the neck out on the line for the seller in a lot of situations, right? So it's having that, having that reputation for actually closing and not to say that you're going to buy everything, you know, that's, that's not the case. You got to buy deals that make sense, but um, you know, you know, building that reputation, which is awesome. Um, let's talk mindset real quick. And then we're going to open up to questions because this will probably start queuing me that I have 10 minutes left. Um, so I think that will wrap us out at about seven Oh five. I want to leave a couple minutes for questions or, about 10 minutes. Um, but what are you guys doing to keep your mindset right during this time? You know, like, is it, is everything kind of the same for you guys, you know, you know, just the daily routine or have you been, you know, implementing some stuff, say for, uh, I don't know, fitness, meditation or reading or anything different that you guys want to talk about? Um, definitely lots of home workout. I miss my gym. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. And, uh, um, I, 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 I think we're reading more about um, like our books, our our literature for real estate that when we did our classes, we're reading that. We're definitely joining lots of Zoom meetings like these to uh, to get engaged with like-minded people. Um, and Ryan is busy in his uh, coaching and mentoring with uh, TYT. Um, so we're just, but just uh, keeping ourselves with uh, our mind with with more people who are who are in this industry. So we're yeah, yeah we're engaging more with 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 our team, with our um, with our friends. So and also we're looking 
we're closely looking at our expenses as well, leaving yeah. more money for in uh, in our slush fund in our for our properties, not taking out much of a cash flow just in case if something happens, we're covered there. Um, Smart. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Shafali had originally planned to uh, to pull the plug beginning of May. Uh, yeah, to was, focus on our business, mm-hmm. but with, you know, we, like we said earlier, we were fortunate this month, but you know, with May coming and people having likely been out of work for the whole month, it might be different. So yeah, we just, we haven't pulled as much cash flow out of properties, um, you know, planning on both sort of staying, uh, in, in the jobs right now. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to acquire some new skills too, right? Like reading books and stuff like that. I've been researching, uh, uh, a little uh, on the trading side. I haven't pulled the plug yet, but I think there's cool. definitely some stuff that's uh, probably going to be pretty attractive here in the coming weeks as things start to bounce back. Love it. Love it. Love it. So it just gave me the cue for 10 minutes left. So it's going to start ticking me down. So um, I don't think, Matt, do we have anybody go into the chat box here? Uh, no, no one's gone into the chat. So if you have a question, uh, you have two options. You can unmute yourself and say it, or you can type it in. So now would be the time to do that. Yeah, and I'm not going to unmute anybody. So you have to unmute yourself because I don't want to unmute you and you know, you're doing something funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so unmute yourself if you have a question and we can uh, you know, take up the last few minutes with the questions here. No pressure. Uh, just a general question here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Hear you. Okay. Um, I, I'm just getting into this, so I really am just getting my feet wet. But uh, the definition of a long-term hold to a mid-term hold, uh, what kind of duration is that? Um, I think it might depend, you know, on the investor, right? But, I mean, stuff like flips, fix and flips, or... Um, you know, lease option, uh, like a rent to own typically are kind of shorter term, you know, you're in like one to three years, uh, midterm, I would say would probably be, you know, three to three to five years, uh, long term would be you know, anything, anything after that. Okay. Great. I would agree with that. Thank you. <laughs> I see a lot of smiling faces, but no, oh, there we go. Jerry. That's a question here. Can you outline how you handle tenants that were not able to pay their full amount? What terms did you set out in writing, et cetera? Yeah. So, you know, we, as I said, we did make sure that we asked for a record of employment um, just to ensure that, you know, that they're, they're not just deciding to, uh, Oh, I got the COVID and, um, you know, it takes some time off. Yeah. Um, so, but we were, we just looked at a collaborative approach. I mean, we haven't set out any terms of interest or anything like that. We've basically just said, you know, be transparent with us. Um, they've done a pretty good job reaching out to us. If they haven't, you know, we'll typically touch base with them like every week if they're, if they're in arrears, if they're behind mm-hmm. and just say, Hey, how has the application gone? Have you gotten a response? Have you gotten a deposit? Um, and just working with them that way. Um, and I think, you know, just by nicing them to death, it's, it's, it's really kept us in their good books. Right. And they, they haven't said, Oh, our landlord's a dick. We're going to, we're going to screw them over. Right. So, um, you know, I, we've heard of some other people that have, have put uh, a formal agreement 
in place and prescribed an interest rate to it. We're not too interested in, in, you know, really gouging people over this. You know, we realize that, you know, everyone is a part of the human condition here and, and we'll get through it together. Uh, but of course, I mean, we have the email trail, if anything. We haven't just, we haven't formalized it on paper with a signature. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's we, true. We did issue them the end form, though, for... Right. So, yeah. so at least you have that paper, paper trail, right? Yeah, I mean, knowing so that... it's documented. Knowing the tribunal wouldn't enforce it right now, but having that paper trail and a lot of our tenants, um, you know, because we have the corpse and everything, a lot of them don't even know that we're the owners anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of get to scapegoat and be like, oh, you know, we, we need to deliver the end form uh, for the owner, right? It's just kind of their protocol. So yeah, maintaining that veil, right? Yeah, which is right. nice if you manage them yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. We have about six minutes, guys. Any other questions? Just unmute yourself and fire away and or type it in the group chat. That was a good question, though. So going back to uh, your question that how, how, what kind of strategy or how are we pitching deals to our joint venture partners? Um, our joint venture partners are actually on the call, Tom and Kush. So maybe they can elaborate that when they got this, when they got this opportunity what? from us. How, how was it, Tom and Kush? What what would you guys know? <laughs> money in the buy, money in the buy. <laughs> yeah, so, well, so we, we also had a lot of concerns regarding uh, due to COVID and how it will happen. But Shifani um, and Ryan, they did a very good job of uh, explaining us everything and, uh, uh, you know, like uh, addressing all of our concerns and questions. And, um, uh, like, they explained this whole process we learned during this way that how whole process of and everything was so seamless so pretty much yeah it was a, a good experience for us uh, because we learned out of it how to do all this stuff and uh, everything was online we didn't have to go anywhere so yeah everything was you know either like a zoom or skype chat or or email or phone call with whether it's lawyer or the uh, you know lawyer mortgage broker um, you name it, um, you know, due to COVID, uh, even, uh, let's say refinancing my own home to, you know, have the HELOC for the down payment yep. again, also didn't require going in person to any of those offices. So it was, you know, give, we both have full-time jobs. So, you know, it, it's, that has actually made it, uh, it helped make it easier, yeah. quicker yeah. to kind of slide in a little bit of time. You got a quick phone call, a quick video chat docu-sign and and you know boom you're on your way so it's uh, actually maybe a lot of this industry you know might start to trend that direction even after covid of how many in-person meetings you know in a in a bank or lawyer's office or mortgage office are actually necessary totally no i mean we definitely see the industry changing a lot you know 100 percent because everybody's now forced you know to change the way that they do business right and it's and it's actually like you mentioned in a lot of aspects has, has made it way more efficient, you know, way more efficient, right? Cause you don't got to meet with everybody. Now yeah. meeting with people is great. Cause you obviously get to build that relationship, but you know, there's a lot of aspects of, of, of buying and selling real estate that can, you know, be way more streamlined. Right. So it's actually there, there kind of are some benefits to everything going on in a way that it's, it's kind of freeing up some time. Right. Which, yeah. 
And uh, just that one other. Nice, um, that was a good testimonial too. Um, how much did Ryan and Trafali pay you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> They're paying us after, it's by the word. <laughs> I was going to say just one more comment um, was, uh, so, you know, we have an Excel spreadsheet or they have an Excel spreadsheet that they share with us of, you know, crunching the numbers of how is this going to cash flow, you know, all the expenses, the income, you know, carrying costs, et cetera. And uh, it all makes sense to us now, but, you know, maybe there were some questions throughout the process. So we we're like, well, what does this mean? Or, you know, how does this relate to this? And, you know, they kind of walked us through that. So because, you know, we're not, our intention isn't to just be a silent money partner. Our intention is to, uh, be an active real estate investor ourselves, but this is a great opportunity to learn, to be put in contact with the power team, to see how all the steps of the process work, and to crunch the numbers and understand the numbers so that, you know, if we're in the future looking for deals ourselves, um, we'll actually know, like, does this one make sense? Does this one not make sense, you know, with this knowledge that we've gained? That's awesome. So we do, we do have a minute and 50 seconds here. And I don't know if it goes below zero seconds, if it's going to stop recording this. And I want to make sure we get the content for YouTube, but we have one question here. So Ryan and Shafali, just real quick. Have you given tenants gift cards in response to COVID? It's a strategy that we're definitely thinking of, uh, you know, when things, if they go that way, you know, that, that uh, rental payments become uh, an issue. Uh, maybe asking them to, pay us the full amount, right? So that we see it in our accounts and, and our mortgage broker sees it for future acquisitions and stuff and maybe rebate them with gift cards for groceries and stuff like that. Then of course you get the tax benefit as well. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that we're prepared to do uh, when and if things go that way. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a great suggestion, Matt. Yeah. Cool. So um, yeah, so this is it. So um, if anybody has any future questions, we're going to uh, leave, leave you guys information in the YouTube video and the podcast. And obviously if anybody wants to get in touch, you know, just shoot me an email, Curtis at jimreitzel.com or just message me on the Facebook group. Just get a hold of me and I can get you guys in touch more than happy to. But um, yeah, thank you guys for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And uh, you guys have an awesome day and stay healthy. All right. Thank yeah. you. Take Go care. Everyone. Appreciate you joining Take us. Care. Thanks everybody for coming on. Yeah, thanks everyone. Have a good night. Have a good one. Have a good one. Have a good one. Thanks, bye.